In the time of the judges, a famine caused a man named Elimelech to leave Bethlehem with his wife Naomi and their sons Malon and Chilion. They traveled to Moab, where Elimelech died. Their sons married women from Moab named Orpah and Ruth and lived there for ten years. The sons died and Naomi planned to go back home. She told her daughters-in-law to return to their mother's homes, where the Lord would grant them rest. She kissed them, and they wept and told her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Naomi asked why they would go with her, and reminded them that she had nothing to give them. Without husbands or sons, they now had no one to take care of them. She said, It grieveth me much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. They wept, and Orpah kissed Naomi, and returned to her own family. But Ruth stayed with her. Naomi told her to follow Orpah and go back to her people. But with great faith and love, Ruth told her, Entreat me not to leave thee, for whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. They traveled to Bethlehem, where they needed to find a way to support themselves. The people there recognized her, and she told them not to call her Naomi, but to call her Mara, meaning bitter, because the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with her. It was the time of the barley harvest, and Ruth told Naomi that she would go to the field and glean or gather barley. Remember that the Israelites were commanded to leave part of their crop in the edges of their fields, so that after a harvest the poor could gather what was left. A wealthy relative of her late husband named Boaz owned the field where Ruth gathered crops. He asked his servant who she was, and learned she was the damsel that came back with Naomi from Moab. She'd asked to gather sheaves after the reapers, worked all morning, and now rested in the house. Boaz told her to stay with his maidens and not glean in the field. She fell on her face and asked him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, seeing I am a stranger? Boaz said he'd learned what happened to Ruth and showed kindness by inviting her to eat with them. He told the reapers to leave extra grain in the field for her to harvest. She gleaned all day and threshed an ephah of barley, or about fifty pounds. She showed it to her mother-in-law, Naomi, who was very impressed, and they rejoiced at their bounty. Ruth worked in Boaz's fields until the harvest was over. He was her kinsman, but this Hebrew word also translates as redeemer, which he certainly was for Ruth and Naomi. Naomi told Ruth that she would help her seek rest, which referred to marriage. She knew that according to their customs, if a husband died childless, it was the duty of his nearest male relative to marry the widow and raise up children to him. Naomi knew that Boaz was winnowing barley, which was to throw the beaten grain stalks into the air with a pitchfork so the wind could separate the grain from the plant. She told Ruth to wash anoint herself, and put on nice clothes, then go to where he was winnowing, but not let him know she was there. She was supposed to uncover his feet. Ruth agreed to do this, which most scholars believe was an act of submission, and letting him know she wanted him to be her husband and protector. Boaz awoke at midnight and found Ruth lying at his feet. He asked who she was, and she told him she was his handmaid, and he should spread his skirt, or wings, over her, because he was a near kinsman and would take care of her. He said she was blessed of the Lord because she had shown kindness and chose to marry him so her family line could continue. 
He told her to fear not, and he would do all that was required so his people would know she was a virtuous woman. Boaz said that there was another closer relative of her former husband than himself, and he would see if he wanted to fulfill the responsibility to carry on their family line. He told Ruth to stay until morning, and then sent her home with a gift of grain. Boaz went to the city gate and told the other relative about a parcel of land that belonged to Elimelech. He asked if he wanted to buy it and marry Ruth, but he refused and gave Boaz his shoe as a sign, which was an interesting custom in that day. Boaz told the elders who were there as witnesses that he had bought all that was Elimelech's and agreed to marry Ruth, become responsible for her, and continue their family line. Boaz then became a redeemer from Bethlehem for her, just as her future posterity, Jesus Christ, would also be a redeemer from Bethlehem for us all. Ruth was blessed with a son, and Naomi was blessed with her daughter-in-law, Ruth, who loved her. Naomi cared for the boy as if he were her own. Her neighbors named him Obed, and he would become the father of Jesse and grandfather of King David. The Israelites turned from the Lord and began to worship false gods and idols. In 1 Samuel, we learn of a man named Elkanah who had two wives. His first wife, Hannah, had not been able to give him children, and his second wife, Peninnah, had. They went from Bethlehem every year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at the tabernacle in Shiloh. This was probably the Feast of the Tabernacles that celebrated God's blessings on the year's crops and would have brought sorrow to Hannah because of her own barrenness. Elkanah gave Peninnah and her children portions of the meat they were allowed to eat from the sacrifice, but he gave more to Hannah, who he especially loved. An adversary provoked her because she could not have children, and when the family went to the house of the Lord, Hannah did not eat but was left in bitterness of soul, and she wept sore. Elkanah asked why she wept and did not eat, and if he treated her better than if she had ten sons. After their meal, she prayed and wept aloud, while Eli, the priest, sat nearby. She vowed to the Lord that if he would look on her affliction, remember her, and give her a son, she would dedicate the boy to him all the days of his life as a Nazarite, like Samson, and not let a razor come upon his head. Hannah did not speak during her prayer, but only moved her lips, and Eli thought she was drunk. She told him she had only been pouring out her soul before the Lord, and she had a sorrowful spirit. He told her to go in peace, and that the God of Israel would grant unto her what she had asked for. She then said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight, and left not feeling sad any more. Hannah was blessed with a son named Samuel, meaning heard of God. Elkanah and his family went to the yearly sacrifice, but Hannah stayed behind, saying she would not go until Samuel was weaned, which usually took about three years. Eventually, Hannah took Samuel to the house of the Lord. She brought him to Eli and said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. She had prayed for this child, and the Lord had answered her petition. Hannah sang praises to the Lord for Samuel's birth, and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Her beautiful poem showed great faith, gospel knowledge, and love for God. She prophesied, The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn, meaning power, of his anointed, referring to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Lord blessed Elkanah and Hannah, and they had three more sons and two daughters.
Eli's sons served in the temple, but they knew not the Lord. They sinned when they took meat from the animal sacrifice that did not belong to them, robbing God and cheating the people. Eli was very old, and when he learned what his sons were doing, he asked them why they were immoral, sinned against the Lord, and made the people transgress. But they ignored their father and did not hearken to his counsel. The Lord said, For them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The Lord asked Eli why he kicked at his sacrifice and offering, and honored his sons above him. He then pronounced a curse upon Eli and his household. His posterity did not live to an old age, and both his sons died. Eli's priest's duties were then given to a more faithful man. Samuel grew and ministered before the Lord, whose word was scarce in those days with no open visions. One night the Lord called to Samuel, and he awoke and answered, Here am I. He ran to Eli and asked why he'd called him, but he said he hadn't, and told Samuel to lie back down. The Lord called Samuel again, and he went to Eli, who repeated what he just told him. Samuel was learning how to receive the word of the Lord. He was called a third time and went to Eli, who then perceived it was the Lord who had called Samuel. He told him to lie down, and if he was called again, to say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. The Lord did call him again, and he said what Eli had told him to say. The Lord said, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. He said he would do everything against Eli's house that he had said, because of their iniquity, and because Eli had not punished his sons. Samuel laid down until the morning, then opened the tabernacle's doors. Eli asked what the Lord had told him, but Samuel was afraid to tell him about the vision. He finally told Eli, who said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. The Lord was with Samuel. He obeyed him and let none of his words fall to the ground. All Israel knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord, and he revealed himself to Samuel at the tabernacle in Shiloh. Hannah's great faith and willingness to pray for a son and then give him up to serve the Lord throughout his life started Samuel's prophetic calling and all he would do to bless the Israelites. And this is Ruth and Samuel chapters 1 through 3 in the Old Testament. Look for hidden images located throughout the video. You can download a coloring page and activity puzzles for each section on Etsy at PonderFun. Visit our new PonderFun.com website and Facebook page to find more fun things to do, and you can listen to these as a podcast. Please like and share these videos with anyone you think might enjoy them. Also, please subscribe to this PonderFun YouTube channel, and you'll be notified whenever I make new videos. Thanks again for watching, and find some time this week to ponder.